The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Ian Stewart. Hundreds of Virginians headed to the General Assembly for Lobby Day on Monday. There were fewer gun control opponents this year than in 2020 when media reported more than 20,000 people gathered. But Jad Khalil of VPM News says they were still out in force. After passing through a metal detector, Richard McNamara looks down at a piece of paper to check which lawmakers he's here to see. One is Edwards and Morrissey. He's wearing a suit and has a briefcase at his side. He's at the Capitol for Lobby Day. The CDC says about 1,100 people were killed in Virginia by firearms in 2020. And in response, Democrats in the House and Senate have proposed more restrictions on who can purchase guns and what types are legal to buy. These anti-gun bills are just hurting law-abiding citizens. Gun safety advocates are lobbying, too. Gun violence is preventable. Lori Haas is the Virginia director of the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence. Access to firearms by children is deadly. We lock up poisons, alcohol, prescription drugs. Why not firearms? The Virginia Citizens Defense League, a pro-gun group that rallied outside the Capitol Monday, opposes three bills requiring gun locks. Here's Delegate Tim Anderson of Virginia Beach at the event. At the end of this session, what the session is going to be judged on is not necessarily what we passed, but what we stopped. A small group of gun owners weren't lobbying, some saying they prefer to remain outside government buildings since firearms are not allowed inside. Jad Khalil, VPM News. The Henrico County School Board has its first black woman in leadership. The board unanimously voted Alicia Atkins to be its vice chair during a January 12th work session. At the meeting, Brooklyn District Rep. Christy Kinsella was also unanimously elected chair of Henrico's school board. Atkins previously made history as the Verina District's first woman and black representative when she was elected in 2019. Henrico County School Board's next meeting is January 26th. The results of a survey on a possible extension of the Pulse bus line west from Willow Lawn past Short Pump were released last week. Almost 1,400 people took the survey. Plan RVA's Chet Parsons worked with GRTC on the project. He says the goal of the survey was to determine what's most important in a possible rapid transit line and if people would use it. When uh, the survey respondents were asked what transportation they would use if more available, public transit was up to 72 percent and personal vehicle was down over 50 points. Some people who responded to the survey say they're concerned about infrastructure along the route. That includes ADA-compliant sidewalks, safe crosswalks, and parking near transit stops. To view a breakdown of the survey, go to planrva.org. Richmond's growing population is finding roots in a peculiar hotspot right downtown. Approximately 5,000 people live in Jackson Ward, 
Monroe Ward, Shaco Slip, and around the Capital District. From 2010 to 2021, those neighborhoods saw more than 45 percent growth in population, about four times the city's overall population growth rate as reported in the Richmond Times-Dispatch. According to RTD, residents are flocking to the two U.S. Census Bureau land tracts that make up downtown Richmond due to the area's walkability, metropolitan feel, and affordability. The city of Hampton is launching a program to help property owners install living shorelines. Catherine Hafner with partner station WHRO News has more. Living shorelines are becoming more common as a way to adapt to impacts from climate change. Rather than putting up a wall or a man-made rock barrier along the water, officials instead use natural elements like wetlands or oyster shells. A 2020 law requires using living shorelines in Virginia over armored ones whenever possible. Hampton Zoning Administrator Allison Jakura says that's what prompted the city to find a way to help people to do so. Sea level rise is really an impact that our citizens are going to see. We need to have good shorelines that are resilient. They're more resilient because they're natural. They grow back. The living elements protect the shoreline from erosion and help filter pollution. The new partnership is with the Colonial Soil and Water Conservation District. They'll give up to $30,000 each to 10 property owners. Shakura says she hopes the program can serve as a model for other coastal communities dealing with sea level rise. That was Catherine Hafner with partner station WHRO News reporting. Richard Bland College leadership wants the General Assembly to formally separate it from the College of William and Mary. The school shares a board of visitors with its parent institution, but otherwise operates autonomously according to the Progress Index. Independence would allow RBC to establish its own 12-member board. Delegate Emily Brewer and State Senator Frank Ruff have introduced bills that would make the school self-governing as of July 1st. The junior college opened in 1960 as part of the college's William & Mary network, which currently includes RBC and the Virginia Institute of Marine Science. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.